Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So for those that have been wondering and for the few that have been asking, nope, it doesn't seem like Roman Reigns is going to be at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, excuse my French, premium live event. Now, this is a little bit troubling because he ain't only the WWE champion, he's also the Universal champion, which begs the question why we gave him both belts. Never mind, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that you're not getting a world champion because you didn't eat your greens and you weren't nice to your grandma. Otherwise, hello, my name is Simon for What Culture. More importantly, an episode of Monday Night Raw is finished. It's in the books. And I want to know whether it's any good or whether it absolutely sucked. We do this by talking to this guy, the finger of power, and don't get weird saying, Simon, how can you talk to your hand? I'll do whatever I want to do. Let's up those doubts. So do you remember way back in 2002 when we had the first ever WWE brand split? And it lasted and we had a structure for all of about a month. It was great. And what do I mean? Well, the first thing we learned about on Raw this week was that we were going to get Riddle teaming up with the Street Profits to take on the Usos and Sami Zayn. Where did Sami Zayn come from? How did he sneak across the Monday nights? How did he sneak across the Raw? And do you remember a couple of years ago when they had that, oh man, you got the invitational nonsense. Nobody even talks about that now. You just got to deal with this. This was also to set up Riddle coming out to the ring to do the opening Raw promo. And man, this guy was super sad. And he wasn't really doing his comedy stuff. He was saying, oh my gosh, Randy Orton, he's my best man. I love him so much. And going into that match on SmackDown, he had a bad back, but he still did it because we have such a good relationship. I was like, excuse me one second, I've got something in my eye. The point is, though, he fought for Riddle, and that is why Roman Reigns, who screwed them, is nothing but a tribal piece of trash. I've been trying to think about this for ages, a tribal piece of trash. So does that mean you're like some garbage, 
but you also have a bunch of friends. He promised that he was going to get his revenge, but also said he doesn't know what the future holds for RK Bro, and they may never team again. Now, I'm sure this will be building to something, but my heart stopped beating here and I was dead. I mean, that wasn't true, but I was very concerned, because, you know, everybody loves RK Bro for obvious reasons. This really did work, though, and seeing the more serious side of Riddle will actually turn him into a contender if he is going to face Roman Reigns soon. Well, I'm going to give him an up. Oh, this was pretty good. We then had another countdown to Cody Clock, and I love this because it is just the greatest thing ever given what everybody was saying when he did leave AEW. It's also inspired me, so I'm going to introduce you to the Simon Stopwatch. And we're just going to put five minutes on there. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but together we're going to find out. He is going to be fighting the Miz later though for some reason, and then the Usos were here. They actually said, man, we're so happy to be the Unified Champions and the fact that we made some kids cry. And I thought about it. That ain't a normal thing to say. Somewhat surprisingly, it did mean it was now time for this six-man. And because Riddle was so wound up, mostly because his opponents had just gone after some kids, he jumped Jimmy and Jay during their entrance and then the Street Profits were getting involved as well as Sami Zayn. So we pulled the trigger and it was time to go. Now, despite sneaking onto the show, Sami Zayn was awesome as always and he was wearing his Bloodline t-shirt. But the bad guys also had a plan. We're going to isolate Montez Ford and we're going to take out Angelo Dawkins and Riddle and then he won't be able to tag. We so smart. Ford decided that turnaround was fair play though, so he smacked Jimmy and Zayn right in the mouth and that allowed him to get the hot tag to Riddle, who I swear, he must have been reading a How To Be Randy Orton book before this because he basically copied him verbatim, but it worked, the fans went nuts. And he did forearms, he did suplexes, he did sentons. And as soon as he had taken everybody out, Montez Ford saw an opening. He was like, ah, I'm going to do one of these dives. As always, you just watch it and you're like, how the hell does he do this? He must have springs in his boots. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on. Now I can't even dive into bed without having some kind of a problem. And of course, Riddle hit the draping DDT. This is when Jimmy and Jay were like, you know what? We don't need none of this. And because there are a couple of dicks, they walked off. That's when Riddle hit the RKO. He got the one, two, three. And again, I think he's gunning for Roman Reigns. And of course, he will be killed. But we can just shelve that for now. Because that's future ourselves problems. I'm giving it. Up. Everybody did do Orton's pose afterwards. That made my eyebrow go up even more because I hope he is okay. And then we were told that it is going to be Omos versus Bobby Lashley at the premium live event. And given that we've been told last week Bob had some big surprise, this was a really weird time to drop it. And it got even more strange because it was time for Bobby Lashley to tell everybody what his challenge was. I was like, well, I don't care now, Bob. The previous announcement has just usurped yours. As it turns out, it was Bobby Lashley's almighty challenge, which I swear I've seen about three in the morning on channel 789. And eventually out Kate Umvup and Omos. And they were like, we hate you, Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley was like, well, you know what? I hate you too. MVP also blamed last week's loss on the fact that the cage was rubbish. I was like, Umvup, don't do that. Say Omos is so strong, he's able to break steel. Otherwise, this kind of looks stupid. I also kind of feel like WWE took future plans and held them out the window here. Because Lashley's big surprise was that, yes, later on it is going to be MVP versus him. And whoever wins can decide the stipulation for Hell in a Cell. And I think that should have been the end game. I think we should have beat to Bobby Lashley versus MVP and never had them touch properly. You know, WWE, they're worried that tomorrow is never going to come. MVP and Omos then failed miserably to attack Lashley, so he kind of scared them off a little bit. And all of this just feels like filler. Like, it's not bad, and I really like Bobby Lashley, and I love the fact he's getting massive reactions from the fans. But you could have done this in, like, two minutes on any other part of the show. You would have got the same effect. 
down. We then got told another Saudi Arabia show is coming in November because of course it is when Dana Brooke was talking to Adam Pearce. And this is how we carried on the Carmella feud this week. She went, can I face Carmella? And Adam Pearce went, yes, probably. This is also when Becky Lynch came storming in and blessed this woman. She was wearing the pirate shirt from Seinfeld. And the best bit was, I saw a bunch of people on the internet melting down over this because they didn't get the reference. I love the man. But once WWE actually remember what happened last week too, because Becky Lynch was like, uh, did you see the main event? Oscar cheated, she spat mist in her face. So I want another opportunity in order to try and face Bianca Belair. So Adam Pearce went, all right, well, we're going to repeat that later. And this time, if you do win, we'll turn it into a triple threat. And yes, just a little bit of a spoiler. This is the direction we're going in. And given everything that has happened recently with certain other individuals, it's probably not the direction we wanted to head in. But hey-ho, how in any universe is that match going to be bad? And then Judgment Day were out. And my odd relationship with them continues. Because as ever, they look pretty cool. And when they start speaking, I kind of do this with my face because I don't know what's going on. And this week, Edge was all like, man, do you remember John Cena? He was given the keys to the castle, whereas I had to work for everything I get. I was like, why, why are we talking about John Cena? He's an actor now. He also called us sheep again and said that we do whatever our bosses tell us to do. And I was like, yes, of course, that's what we have to do every single day. What would you like us to do, Edge? In comes the manager, Mike, and he's like, oh, Simon, have you done that financial report? And I go, Screw you, manager Mike. Not only am I going to be fired, but I'm probably going to have to go and settle some kind of law case. So listen to me, Edge. You don't know how the real world works. Oh, wait a second. Clock is at zero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bet you're glad you waited for that. The point is that if you do join up with them, he will make sure you shatter through the glass ceiling. Although in reality, you probably just get to sit in his big seat. But he did go into massive tease mode here. Because he mentioned Liv Morgan, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Alexa Bliss, Corey Graves, as all people that could potentially join his group. Although I don't think this is going to be AJ, because he was all like, Styles, if you do come team up with this, your kids can call me uncle. Once again, that is a very creepy thing to say. Rhea Ripley also needs to be allowed to say whatever the hell she wants to say as opposed to being scripted because she had to go, Liv Morgan, stop listening to the peasants on Twitter and come save yourself like I saved myself. And I was like, man, that was just a bunch of words put together. Although I do want to make it clear, I'm quite enjoying what they're doing at the moment. I do want to see who's going to join up with them. And that's the whole point of their story and giving it up. And all of this too was the setup of all the things Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest taking on AJ Styles and Liv Morgan, and yet Finn Balor was nowhere to be seen. Huh. The good guys actually had their number to begin with, but you know how it works with mixed tags in WWE. The men aren't allowed to fight the women, the women aren't allowed to fight the men. So as soon as Rhea Ripley was going, hey, AJ Styles over here, Damian Priest was back, and he smacked him right in the face. Styles was able to fight back with a Pele kick, which did allow him to get the hot tag to Liv Morgan, but it never really works as a hot tag in a mixed tag, because the other person has to come in anyway. And if you can believe it, Morgan did hit the codebreaker, and she had Rhea Ripley pinned. Then that damn Edge got involved and he broke it up. What a dick. This and AJ Loopy as he took out everybody, but that left such a fracas. You already know the deal. Rhea Ripley hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment or a variation of. And she held the tights because she's a bad person to get the win. Now this was the right finish, but we are just getting so lazy with the surprise roll-up again. And I'll leave it there because, yes, we do indeed have to talk about it later. And afterwards, Judgment Guy beat the holy hell out of these guys. So at least we are treating them in the right way. Once again, I want to see what they're going to do next. Don't necessarily want to hear them talk because it confuses me, but up. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Miz was then losing it because one, he hates Cody Rhodes' neck to two, and two, he doesn't like the fact that he gets more fireworks on the 4th of July. And I admit, you gotta let this stuff go, it's gonna kill you. He also compared himself to Kim Kardashian because everybody always wants to know what he's doing. It's a fair play to Miz. He still knows what to say to get some heat. I have no idea what happened after this because Jerry the King Lawler walked out and he was all like, oh, hey, welcome to another episode of King's Court. As like, we talk about another episode? We haven't seen one in ages. Why are you here? Was it more strange because his guest was Veer Mahan? And Jerry's first question was, all right, Veer, how are you doing? What's the secret to your success? I was like, what am I watching here? Bake Off. Fear just ignored him as he did so again when Lawler started talking to him about the Mysterios. So the king decided to start telling all these horrendous jokes about the fact that Veer was hairy. And I'm sorry, I know he's got long hair and he's got a big beard, but you wouldn't make hair jokes. And also, one of them was, oh, when Bigfoot sees you, he takes the pictures. Bigfoot doesn't care that he's hairy. That's like me meeting Jason Statham and going, oh, Jason, I'd love a picture with you because you're bald than I am. Honestly, this was absolutely debacle. That sentence didn't even make any sense. And eventually, Veer did start talking. He was like, look, here's the deal, all right? I like Rey Mysterio. I think he's a legend. But he spends too much time with his son. Once again, Veer again. I was like, Veer... That's called fatherhood. That's how it works after you've done the banging. Veer then thought he could smell fear on Lawler, which is not a thing. And just when he was about to break him, obviously the Mysterios came out to make the save. 
I'll be completely honest with you, I just thought all of this was so pedestrian, especially because they scripted Veer here like he was a 1984 comic book villain. Actually, that sounds way cooler than this was. And if you know about Veer and you've watched the stuff he does away from the ring, he's quite a cool cucumber. Why couldn't we portray him like that? So it's a down because much like all the Bob stuff earlier, this basically felt like it was here because something had to go there. Quick interview with Alexa Bliss who said that Sonya Deville should go get therapy. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And that later she was going to be taking on her former tag team partner, Nikki Ash. So yes, we're just going to do that. Although I do need to say this version of Alexa Bliss is the best. It's so much better than her old character. She's so damn likable. Keep doing it. As we're heading to this too, I'm pretty sure Corey Graves told us how disappointed we were all meant to be with Sasha Banks and Naomi. Once again, I I am not disappointed to be completely honest it's just a falling out of work it happens all the time the only reason we're talking about it is because they're celebrities as long as everybody can get back to a happy place this is all i care about we do seem to be doing something serious with alexa bliss though because she ran through nikki ash here in around about three minutes now we did portray nikki here as if she was more aggressive and Corey's like oh my gosh dude drop must be doing something because she had accompanied her to the ring but ultimately she got hit with a twisted bliss and she lost. Had some fallout to this afterwards as well because we saw Dewdrop going, Nikki, you need to get better and you need to get out the superhero costume because something terrible happened to our accent. And if we can just keep building this, I tell you, we definitely have something here. So I am going to give it an up. Although Nikki Ash was introduced as almost a superhero, Nikki A-S-H. So we literally called her almost a superhero, Nikki almost a superhero. This is the real reason this gimmick's got to go, because that, my friends, is ridiculous. Seth Rollins was then also upset, and there was a lot of this today, because he wants his own clock, mostly because he can't believe that Cody actually does have his own clock. I mean, it's really easy, Seth. You can just invent one. I mean, you saw mine. It was absolutely pathetic. But he said, actually, he does have one in his mind, and who knows what's going to happen when it gets to zero. So once again, if they bring Seth Rollins in, be like, Seth, that's not how this works. If it's in your brain, you can do whatever the hell you want. Oscar then also reminded us that Becky Lynch was nothing but a big time baby. And as ever, when Oscar does cut a promo, it's just so damn entertaining because she's so damn weird in the best possible way. I love Oscar. And then Cody was here and I can't deny it. I still love it because it's still so damn surreal. And for some reason he was taking on The Miz. And yes, some moments of this match weren't the smoothest things in the world, but flood me sideways. If you went on the internet, people were like, oh my gosh, the bike fest, it's so sloppy. It's just two dudes having a wrestling match. And every now and then it's going to go awry because that's just life. Otherwise though, there's not much to say here because after Rhodes had hit the Cody cutter and was going to go for something off the top rope, Seth Rollins ran out. He attacked Cody. That was that disqualification. Should have known. So to that, I'm going to give it a down because I don't think we needed to do it. However, the fallout of this, I thought was really good because not only did Cody get his ass kicked, but Seth Rollins went to find his weightlifting belt that he'd given to a kid during his entrance. He stole it back and he whipped the shit out of Cody and basically left him an absolute mess. And later on, we saw Cody and he was all like, oh, I had to go see a trainer and I can still put weight on my leg. But yes, I am hurt. But now Seth Rollins is really going to get it at hell in the cell. So look what we've done here. We planted some seeds and now I'm even more intrigued what we're going to do there. I just don't think Cody should ever be involved with disqualifications at the moment. It should just be win, 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 win. But we've talked about that. And in terms of the post-match angle, good up. Kevin Owens then made me happy. That's all I need. I want wrestling to be entertained. 
Because he was quite literally shouting as he watched Ezekiel versus Chad Gable. Like he wasn't on commentary, but you could still hear him going, Zeke, you liar. I hate you. I hope you fall down a well. I tell you right now, he's on fire and he's one of the best in the world. Gable was also desperate to win too with Otis helping him out whenever he could. So at one point, the referee turned around, was quite sure that Otis had interfered and he sent him to the back. So I was like, wait a minute, ref. We literally just seen a disqualification. Why didn't this happen to Otis? Then Kevin Owens ran in and he was all so mad that he got thrown out as well. Which, of course, is when Ezekiel hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and he got the win. So sit down. I mean it. Flub it. I'm done with it. There is too many most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment, especially in a choreographed sport. Uh, you could have had Chad Gable come dressed up like a dolphin here and then Ezekiel in the match turned into a shark and went, oh, and that's how he won. Now, it would be absolutely bizarre and we'd be talking about it for ages, but at least it's creative. At least it's not lazy and it's at least a little bit different because Raw especially has become surprise roll-up central and it just makes the match pointless because you already know how it's going to end. That's why it's getting it down. It was all here though to finally make it official that we will be doing Kevin Owens versus Zeke at the Hell in a Cell premium live event. I actually know what we're going to do here. You'd have to figure there's some kind of angle brewing. I'm a little worried WWE doesn't have one. And then that MVP Lashley match was ridiculous. Because MVP the whole time was all like, oh, oh, I'm hurt. And the referee bought it. So he was able to beat up Bobby Lashley for a while. But because Bob also had to deal with Omos, at one point he was out the ring punching him because Omos kept interfering. Do you know what the ref did? No, no, there's no disqualification. He didn't go, well, I should probably throw this match out. Even though Bobby Lashley was distracted in front of his eyes, he got counted out. Bobby still got MVP in the Hurt Lock afterwards, which I also thought was silly because I think we should save that visual for hopefully when they do have their one-on-one -on -one match. And this does mean that Omos and MVP get to choose the stipulation for the Hell in a Cell show. And I was like, well, it better be a Bobby Lashley can't do anything match because if you had that kind of power, why would you come up with anything else? And then Raw Talk happened and it's just going to be a handicap match. I mean, talk about dropping the ball down. We then find out that Lacey Evans will be returning to action next week. And I'm still terrified about this because I don't think WWE understands what they do have. When it was time to go back to the future, because for the second week in a row, our main event was Oscar versus Becky Lynch. They could do this until the cows come home and it would still be good. If Becky won, she was going to be added to that Oscar and Bianca Belair match too. So this had some real impetus. And you got that feeling because they kind of charged at each other to begin with. And they clotheslined each other. And Oscar was back on her feet and she was suplexing Becky Lynch all over the place. So we were going. When Becky was on top as well, she used the ropes for leverage. But Oscar was having none of that. So she hit her with a superplex. And this is when we were reminded very handily that Bianca Belair is sitting out at ringside. Let's hope that nothing happens. This all led to Oscar kneeing Becky Lynch in the face and she fell into Bianca Belair. Lap, but when Oscar went to kick her, Becky moved and she accidentally hit Belair, so that wasn't very good. This is when it kind of got weird because Becky then attacked Oscar. She rolled into the ring to try and get the count out, but Oscar got back in about 9.99 and then she just glitched out because she was moving and then she just stopped. This meant that Becky did hit a variation of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. I mean, it was kind of a roll up, but it wasn't a roll up. And as soon as Oscar did kick out, he was moving again. I was so confused. I kind of felt like my own brain had stopped working. Now these things happen as we have already talked about, but I'm still going to give it a down because this wasn't far enough removed 
from the surprise roll-up. That's it. That's where I've got now. We just need to have some proper finishes on Monday Night Raw. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know there was a DQ, I know there was a countdown, I know there was multiple surprise roll-ups. Sometimes you can just hit your move and win. That would be all right. Down. But it did bring us to the end of another episode of Monday Night Raw, and we are building towards Hell in a Cell, but it does kind of feel like WWE realise this is a B-show, although it is going to be main evented by Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes in the cell, and I think that could be absolute fire. So I am going to give it an up, but whatever direction we had recently, it does kind of feel like we veered. <laughs> of course. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 